next question is for anyone over 30 years old. You're the only ones that can participate in this. If I mention the name Zacchaeus, <laughs> calm down, calm down. <laughs> if I mention the name Zacchaeus, you people 30 and older, what do you think when you hear Zacchaeus? <laughs> okay. Okay. We weren't going to sing it, but now that y'all now that y'all have put that tune in my head for all night long. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, right? Now, now you guys 30 years and older, this is for y'all. How did that song end? What was the last verse of that song? That's right. That's the song I learned. It ended with Jesus saying, I'm going to your house today. Great song. Tells us the whole story except the most important part of the story. What happened to Zacchaeus? Jesus didn't just come to his house, right? There's more to the story. So tonight we're going to look at that. Zacchaeus, we're going to talk about. So Luke chapter 19, beginning in verse 1. And we're going to read these first 10 verses. So, ready to rock? All right, let's dig in. Verse 1. It says, He, that he is Jesus... Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was so small in stature. So he ran on ahead and he climbed up in a sycamore tree to see him. For he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, Hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner? And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man, Jesus, came to seek and to save the lost. Amen, right? Amen. This passage provides us with some beautiful pictures. I want us to understand at this time in Jesus' life on earth, as he was traveling about from place to place, as he's going from Jericho and making his way to Jerusalem, as he's entering into Jericho, there are huge crowds following him. This weekend, I, I saw this bicycle race on TV, the Tour de France. And these racers are riding those bicycles, and the people are just lining the streets, and they're just like crowding in on them, and there's barely room for the bicycle to get through there. And I picture that in my mind as Jesus is going into Jericho, and these huge crowds are following. All the people from the city are coming out to try to see Jesus as he's coming through the city. Now, city of Jericho. Does anybody remember a story about the walls of Jericho? What happened to the walls of Jericho? 
They fell down, right? Now, that's another topsy-turvy story in Scripture, a passage of Scripture that we see. Remember, Joshua was leading the people of Israel. Joshua, this great military commander who's been in battle after battle after battle. And God says, Joshua, I've given the city over into your hands. So what does he naturally think? Great, we're just going to go in there and we're going to whoop up on them. We're going to tear it down. God says, but here's the deal. You're going to march around the city for six days, one time every day. Your men of war, the Ark of the Covenant, and the priest blowing seven ram's horns trumpets. You're going to march around at one time for one on the first day, one time on the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth. But on the seventh day when you march around it, you're going to march around it seven times. And on that seventh trip around, here's what you're going to do to just conquer that city. You're going to blow the trumpet and you're all going to shout. And the walls are going to come falling down. Now imagine how topsy-turvy that sounded to Joshua, this military leader. So this is the same Jericho now that, that Jesus is entering into hundreds of years later. And as Jesus enters Jericho, we encounter Zacchaeus. What are some of the things as we read this passage of scripture that we learn about Zacchaeus? One of those things we talked about, he was a wee little man, right? What else do we learn about him? What else does it say about Zacchaeus? <laughs> yeah, spot on. He's a sinner. That's what she said. He's a sinner. What else do we know about Zacchaeus? Red shirt. What do we know? Yeah. He was a rich man, right? Did he, did he obtain those riches by being a good person? No, what was he? He was a tax collector. And from what we know from Scripture and from history, the tax collector was, was usually a pretty wicked guy. He obtained a lot of funds, a lot of funds he wasn't entitled to. He charged taxes, but he charged a little bit of extra, and that extra went into his pocket, right? And so this is the man, this is who Zacchaeus is that Jesus encounters when he walks into the city. Now, I've asked a couple of our staff guys to come up here and help me for a minute. Could, uh, could you guys come up here and help me? So Zacchaeus, he's not a young person, right? He's been in this profession long enough to become rich, so he's a grown man. And he's not a very nice man, apparently, if he's taking things from people that don't belong to them and putting them in his own pocket. And we know that he was rich because it tells us he was rich, and he took the money that he was not rightly entitled to. And so he would have been a guy that most of us wouldn't have liked. He would have been a guy that most of the people of the city of Jericho wouldn't have liked. Now, I've asked my two small friends to come up here. <laughs> I'll just be Zacchaeus in this scenario. So Zacchaeus wants to see Jesus, right? But if he's a wee little man, and Jesus is passing by, and these big ugly boys are standing in front of him, What's he going to do, right? I mean, there's only so much I can do, and I'm sure these guys wouldn't let me just push through the middle, right? So Zacchaeus, he's wise, he's smart maybe, or maybe he's just like, I don't have a chance against these big guys. Thank you. Thank you, little gentleman. That was very helpful. <laughs> Made me feel more inferior. So Zacchaeus, he sprints ahead, right? He climbs up in this sycamore tree. And he climbs up in order to see Jesus. He wants to be able to see him. So as the people are flocking around, Zacchaeus does whatever he can to go and see Jesus. 
just like our two friends up here earlier. They were willing to overcome some obstacles, eating something they didn't like, doing something they didn't want to do in order to see or spend time with a person. Zacchaeus, to be a rich man, to be in the position that he was, it wouldn't be typical for him to go sprinting down there and climb up in a tree, right? So he did those things in order to encounter Jesus, to see Jesus. And rather than forcing his way to the front, he goes down the road and he waits on Jesus to get there. The thing we don't see in scripture is we don't see Zacchaeus up in a tree yelling and whoo-hoo, Jesus, up here. We just simply see that he was in the tree and that Jesus saw Zacchaeus in the tree. Jesus saw him. And in verse 10, what did we read? It said, the Son of Man, Jesus, came to seek and to save the lost. Now, Zacchaeus wasn't geographically lost. He, it wasn't that he got outside the city and didn't know where he was at. When we talk about Zacchaeus being lost, we talk about he was separated from God. He was a sinner, as we pointed out here. He was one that didn't have a relationship with God. During Jesus' time on earth, much of what he did would have been considered topsy-turvy, right? He was born not in a palace, but where? In a stable. He was laid in... A feeding trough, right? Jesus was not what they were expecting. He didn't come of great royalty, of great pomp and great circumstance. He came on these lowly means that was unexpected. Jesus, where did he grow up at? Nazareth. In scripture, we actually read a quote that says, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And so here we have Jesus coming from Nazareth. They expected him to restore the nation of Israel. If we read on from our passage, if we go down to verse 11, it says this. It says, as they heard these things, he, Jesus, proceeded to tell a parable because he was near to Jerusalem and because they supposed that the kingdom of God was to appear immediately. And so Jesus is here. Zacchaeus encounters Jesus, but Jesus' mission wasn't to establish that kingdom on earth. His mission was to invite people to his kingdom in heaven, to seek and to save the lost. Again, topsy-turvy from what everybody was expecting. He didn't come to hang out with the religious leaders. He came to seek, to save. He didn't come to hang out with those that had it all together, who had figured it out. He came to hang out with people like Zacchaeus, people who were, who were messed up. I like to refer to myself as a hot mess a lot of the time because I've got so many things pulling me and trying to destroy my relationship with the Lord. But Jesus, he came to seek those who were in deep sin, who were separated from God with no hope because there is no hope apart from Jesus and then what does it say? When Jesus pursues Zacchaeus and he, and he asks Zacchaeus, says, I want to go to your house. The people on the outside, they looked at him and grumbled and said, he's going to the house with that sinful man. They griped and they complained because Jesus was doing exactly what he came to do, to pursue those that were lost, to seek and to save the lost. But then what do we see for Zacchaeus? We see Zacchaeus is changed by this encounter with Jesus. 
He's not the same guy. Because he says, Lord, if I've taken anything from anyone, if I've cheated them, there in verse 8, he says, half of my goods, I want to give it to the poor. That's not out of anything other than, hey, I just want to give half of what I've got to the poor, to the needy. And then he goes on and says, if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I want to give it back not just once, not just twice, not just three times, but four times that much back to them. What we see in Zacchaeus is we, we, see, a, we see a changed heart. We see that in his encounter with Jesus, he's completely changed what's important to him. Zacchaeus goes from a man of pursuing his own goodness, his own benefit, to now he's saying, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to help others. I want to give back where I've cheated and defrauded people. We see this change just like we saw in Josiah today, this morning. We talked about Josiah and him recognizing that the things that they were doing weren't being obedient to what God had for them. And so he turned around and he repented and he turned away from those things and pursued God. We see the same thing in the life of Zacchaeus. We see one who had pursued personal gain and profit to now wanting to pursue the things that would please the Lord. You see, Zacchaeus, we're just like him. We're not tax collectors, but we have this, this desire to pursue the things that we feel are beneficial to us more often than beneficial to others or pursuing the things of God. For a lot of us, we know about Jesus. On Sunday mornings, we climb up in that tree, and we're up there. Jesus comes by, and he says, Vince, come, come down. No, I'm, I'm, I'm good right up here in the tree. I'm not too close to anything, not involved in much. I can, I can just kind of hang out up here. It's all good and continue to, to pursue the things I want. We hang around in that tree. We just kind of monkey around up there, continuing to live in our sin and pursuing our personal kingdom. I like that, being able to just look on from a distance, being selfish and working uh, for me. And here Jesus is in this story with Zacchaeus. He's come to seek and to save the lost. He came for Zacchaeus. He came for people just like us. See, Zacchaeus was one of those people that's like us. God's plan is for us to love him with our whole heart, our whole soul, and our whole mind. Everything about us. To love God and want to do the things that please Him. But the problem is we, we have this, this rebelliousness in us. This, this desire to pursue things that aren't pleasing to God. And what that does, it makes a barrier between us and God. It breaks the relationship that God desires to have with us. And there's this brokenness. Just like today we see this brokenness in Josiah. But... When he turned and repented and believed, there was restoration. There was restoration and forgiveness. And that's the same thing we see here in Zacchaeus. Boys and girls, I want you to understand tonight that God loves you immeasurably. His plan for you, his desire for you is that you would love him back with your whole heart, with everything within your being. But he also knows that we struggle in those areas. And his plan for us was for Jesus Christ to come, 
and to die upon a cross and to be raised on the third day so that we could have forgiveness of our sins. And we, like Zacchaeus, like Josiah, are challenged when we see that we are sinful, that we do things that don't please God. And the question becomes, what are we going to do with that? Are we going to be like Zacchaeus, be like Josiah, turn from our sin and run to Jesus? Or are we going to continue to live in it? As you go through the rest of these few days, your adult leaders are going to continue to talk with you about what it means to follow Jesus. What it means for our heart to be penitent, right? To repent. What it means for our heart to be humble before the Lord. And as you're processing and dealing and trying to understand these things, your adult leaders would love to talk with you. That's what they're here for. They didn't come just to have a good time. They came to be able to talk with you about Jesus, about how much he loves you, how he desires for you to have forgiveness of your sins. And so as you gather together, be encouraged and be willing to have that conversation with your adults. I'm going to ask just to, for us just to bow our heads. And I just want to pray for us tonight in that regard of what, we, what it means for us to give our life over to Jesus, allow him to be the king of our life. Father, we do thank you for the day and we thank you for the truth that we find in your word. We thank you for the examples that we have of uh, Josiah and of Zacchaeus. We thank you for understanding and being able to see what it looks like to repent of our sins and turn from them. But Father, that's something that each one of us has to do. And I pray for every boy and girl. I pray for every student leader. I pray for every adult leader in this place. That Father, that we would be willing to look at our life in light of the gospel of Jesus. In light of what pleases you and what is rebelliousness. What it means to be just an enemy of God by pursuing our own desires. Father, I pray for the boys and girls. I pray for their hearts tonight. I pray, Lord, that they would understand what it means to recognize their sin in their life, but also what it means to say, Jesus, I love you. I want you to be the Lord of my life, and I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. Father, I'm so thankful for these adult leaders. I pray that you would give them wisdom and discernment tonight, and that you would use them mightily in the lives of these students. And we pray this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah, let's stand. Let's sing together. Step down from the 
dismissed to your checkpoint. Have a great night.
I've been working all night, maybe you could help me to believe This song ain't nothing if the song can't set you free So I'm asking you to show me some forgiveness It's all for you in my pursuit Sometimes it's hard. 